entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Turn the music up, turn me down. Google. Let's go get him again. This time is for the money, my nigga. Brooklyn, stand up. Never been a nigga this good for this long, this hood. For this pop, this hot, for this long. With so many different flows. This one's for this song. The next one I switch Look what that money maker. Wait a second. What up, though, man? It's TBD back in the Getting cold out here, man. It's November. It's getting cold outside. He said it's so cold in the D. I don't even know if you really know about shit like that. You just always swear you know something that somebody don't know. Like I've been knowing a lot about a little, dog. Like, damn. I know a lot about a little. And I know a little about a lot. So... Do you? I need a receipt on that. I got him in a box, in a shoebox. Oh, ma'am, ma'am, can I get a receipt? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what the fuck? Kids say the darndest things out here, man. <laughs> Shit's about I mean, accountability. Look, I mean, I love accountability. Uh, Big supporter of being accountable. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that could be true. I mean, we know it's not true for Zion. But sure, I don't know why you bringing his name up. Like, you you the Duke boy. Like, you... Stop. Blue That's, Blue you. That's you. That's you. That's you. Never been. Can't That's stand you. Guy. I'm a Syracuse fan. I don't fuck with the Duke guys. You know how I carry it. Nova shit. I don't know about that. Me, I mean, Jay Wright, Scotty Reynolds, even though they're not even on good terms. But, you know. Sorry? R- Reggie? Uh, what? What do you? Jalen Brunson, Ryan yeah. Archidiakono, Daniel Chefu. You was you wasn't Brunson before Brick was even around. So oh just ah, here you go again. This is like here we go. Here we go again. You're more R.J. Barrett. This no, no, never was a fan. Never Duncan. was a fan. I was a fan of Zion, though. I ain't gonna lie to you. I was a fan yeah, of Zion. Man, child, yo, he gonna rip the league up and but that's when that's back when somebody was in his ear, like like a guy like Coach K, where he was he had him on a on a leash. Like he was, you know, he was, you know, on a diet regimen. He was taking care of his body and he was what playing well. He's not doing that now. He don't got he don't got no Coach K down there in New Orleans. He down there Mardi Gras it up. And he he having a little too many beignets. You don't even beignet, yo. And a little too much crawfish. You don't know nothing about beignet, gumbo, mumbo, jumbo, lumbo, none of that. You tripping vacation. When I went on vacation down South Carolina and I was in Savannah, Mm. I had a few beignets. So there Uh, you go. I mean, I don't think you're wrong, though, because it's like all we see from Zion now is like him and... Maratu outfits and look yo, like chill out, yo. I'm just saying, man. Like we seeing, we seeing a side of him that I don't really feel like seeing. Like I'm seeing random video of him 
shuffling side to side, looked like tractor trailer. He looked big. And like something to me was telling, because I believe we spoke on this a little bit before about him in that commercial, man. Mm-hmm. Fat man commercial, sitting there eating the chips, popping the soda. And I'm like, I ain't going to read too much into it. It's a commercial. Like, you mean, like Chris Paul not running around breaking in the fucking act, talking about insurance and shit, you know? Aaron Rodgers, well, we don't really know where he's going. So you get what I'm saying? Like, it's a, it's a commercial, but what and if who he, knows when it was, who knows when it was recorded and all that? Yeah, but like, I know they say the camera had 10 pounds, but come on, yo. That shit bad, bro. So it's like, like is, I, that bad, is that bad leadership? Is that bad agents letting him portray himself as a uh, as a like a, a non-playing person? I, I I think that I think it's all bad. Like I was about to say, like it's just it's bad on everybody around him. Cause like we've known that like the biggest thing predicated around his success is him being healthy and having his body right. Like, that's always been the thing about Zion. So seeing him and seeing him let his body get to, to, the, to the place that it is and seeing the people around him let him get his body to the place that it is, when everybody in the room knows how important his weight and his body and his health is to his career, it just seems like there's a disconnect somewhere. It got to be something because there's no way that you are the pick that was valued that high with all the hype behind it. And rightfully so, because we never really saw somebody do something close to what Zion can do at that size with that weight, all that explosion and all that shit. And it's just like, you can look at him and see that he got a different type of body. He got Most that body like, he got that body like, Amari Spellman from Villanova. He got that body like Chris Jenkins from Villanova. Like, they're thicker bodies. Yeah, and it's like, I ain't going to say that he's, like, you know, like, naturally going to be not in shape, but you got to stay on top of a, a, a dude like that a little bit more than your average NBA player just because of what he looks like. Like, most NBA players is slender, Thin but strong looking dude. Zion is, is thick, about best you can say. And it's like two, three beignets from now, you're going to be 350. He was 315-ish at one point in time in the offseason. And for a dude like him to have all that explosion and his injury being foot-based, that's probably going to be a problem because – he clearly ain't going to put his body in the right frame of shape during the rehab process. That's why we're seeing him see the setbacks anyway. Yeah. So they're not going to trade him, but they're going to have to get somebody in there that's going to be able to, like, you know, keep him the fuck accountable. Because he's going to end up being a dude who don't never, ever, ever, ever play a full NBA season. And I think this is the tricky part about the whole situation, right? It's kind of like the situation where – you got your moms, right? And then your mom get a new boyfriend and he come in the mix and, you know, he trying to be the step pop and the step parent. And they got to, you got to find that relationship between the step parent and the child to where they respect you, but also you, you realize that you're not their parent. 
that's what New Orleans is trying to figure out with Zion because it's a situation where he's the he's the prodigy. He is the he is supposed to be the savior for New Orleans, and they thought that was going to be Anthony Davis, but that relationship that relationship kind of went south, and so they're trying to make sure that that relationship doesn't end up the same way with Zion in a way that they're treading lightly and trying to you know not break any relationships that they have with him so that he re-signs with them and that he stays with the organization and he doesn't go elsewhere. So it's a weird balance that they're trying to figure out and, and to make with Zion. But I think you're right. They have to figure out, okay, like he, if we're going to count on him, we need him to be in the best possible shape. We need him to be the best possible Zion he can be. And if that means that we're going to have to be tough on him and, ha- and even put things in his contract and this next contract that he's looking for that stipulate, you know, his health and weight and what he's eating and his eating regimen, then so be it. Because, yeah, like you can keep Zion happy and that's cool. But if he's not playing for you and he's not winning games for you, then what really is the point? At the end of the day, you put an investment in him. And if you're not going to do what you have to do as an organization to make sure that he's at the top, top shape. I'm going to blame the organization because, like, you got to get the kid away from himself. Clearly, he's not doing what he's supposed to do. So y'all going to have to appoint him new agents, new people, new trainers, something, because you cannot have someone that polarizing and that talented and not do what's best for both of y'all. There's no reason for him to be anywhere near 315 at any point in time. I don't care if he got a foot injury or not. You're supposed to have him on some type of regimen doing something to keep his body ready and, and, and ready to go when he does get cleared to come back, and he's, he's getting setbacks. So it's like, look, no one in that situation is doing what they're supposed to do. Put his ass on the rower, at least. You ain't got to use your foot for the rower. I don't know what they got to do, but they got to do something because that, like, this is this is going to be like one of those organizational failures. Like, you can't just go yeah. from Anthony Davis losing him in a nasty way, not really getting nothing back, but ended up getting blessed with a pick. Next thing you know, Zion falls to you, and now you blew it before he could even before we could even see what he could even become for a full season. Or not even that, you lose a guy in Brandon Ingram who's yeah, he- becoming a budding star that you got in the AD trade. And let's say there's, you know, a rift between them guys because B.I.'s putting in all this work. He's 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 growing his game and he's trying to win games for this team. But then Zion's over here doing whatever the hell he wants. And he sees the organization letting Zion do whatever the hell that he wants. So now it's like, all right, like, do y'all are y'all really invested in me? Or are you not? And now you may lose on lose out on a talented player because you're not handling your business correctly. Yeah, and not for nothing, Brandon Ingram fought back from blood clots in his arm. At some point in time, people thought like, oh, he might not ever play again, type shit. So it's like he got a unique investment and fight to get back to playing at a top at a top level. And he could like he might not even feel like the organization is letting Zion do certain shit, but he's for sure sitting there looking like, man, he can do something Thanks. to stay in shape. Because I can see as a player, as his teammate, he getting big as shit. <laughs> you know, you see that type of stuff in the locker room. <laughs> Unless you the Suns, 
What you telling him though? If that's your like, if that's your man, are you telling? She's saying well, my guy, I'm, I'm not going to tell him nothing. I'm going to bring him underneath my wing and be like, yo, I, I might start doing a, the row every morning just for him. That's thorough. Just something because it's like, apparently you can't just tell him what to do. Who knows how they're addressing him down there? You know, they're not running around saying nigger like fucking Chappelle show. I mean, the, the, the sons, I mean, is that the same thing? I can't. That's, I what can't. You're me, that's what you're telling me is going on and flying around in Phoenix over the last X amount of years. That's incredible to me. Because now I'll be sitting and I'm thinking like, man, Earl Watson had the Suns playing good ball at one point in time. Mm-hmm. And he had a quick exit up out of there. And a little bit of hole, you know, down there in the valley, only they, they, everyone knew Devin Booker was good and shit like that. But, you know, uh, no one's paying attention to a bad team with a, a shot happy guard anyway. Then all of a sudden, this joint come out and the owner is running around throwing racism, sexism, all types of shit all over the place. And we ain't even really hear much about you know any any pushback from it. At least the way that I thought we should. I agree. And then you got his wife DMing people, texting that was the, people. That was the wildest part for me. I'm like, damn. White privilege is nasty to me when it comes to shit like that. Because it's like, all right, yo, like you feel so comfortable going into other people's messages, passive-aggressively threatening them because they're calling your husband what he is, what you know him to be. You have been with that man. You know what that man is like. Come on now. The privilege of you to think that you can threaten somebody about their experiences, not their created thoughts, their experiences with your husband. Like, where do you where do you think that's cool at? Well, because she don't believe that 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 it's true. She's trying to she's trying to believe in this facade of her husband that he is this person and he would never do anything like that. But it's like, damn, do you really know your partner or not? That's really what it come down to. I mean, who knows? I don't know them people. I just know what was coming out. And, you know, Errol Watson, obviously not saying or disagreeing that it didn't happen. But, you know, he's saying, you know, I don't want to bring it up. I applaud the people who stepping up and, you know, coming to light because it's more than just his his short time there. But it's just like, it's crazy to me that, we keep seeing this type of shit in sports. But in a way, I, I shouldn't feel like I'm shocked because in reality, I should expect more of this to come out. Like I, sh- I, I, I expect more NFL owners and NBA owners to start getting called up or being exposed for longstanding toxicity. And like once the Daniel Snyder shit falls down, we're going to see whew, flood. Hoover Dam, open, water everywhere. Help me, can't swim, can't do nothing about it. And then you're going to get all those people, oh, you can't cancel these people. This is back in the day. Uh, uh. And it's like, you know, I'm not here for the cancel culture shit. It's no such thing. It's about accountability. accountability. It's, about accountability. <laughs> it's a simple concept. Shit not hard. But it doesn't really surprise me. You just think about all, especially in the NFL, man, like, 
And you just think about all the guys. I mean, even in hoops, bro, you 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 hear these guys talk about owners, and they're always like, bro, they all the same. Ain't none of them different. They are all the same. Some probably treat you more like a human being and with respect than the other, but like they all are this, they are who they are. Like they're the same people. It's a low percentage of them that are actually fans of the sports that they own, of the sports. And like that's a, I feel like that's a dynamic that's lost in that situation because they don't understand the optics of everything. And two, they have no idea what type of people that they quote unquote employ. You think them owners is walking down, walking around in them locker rooms and feeling comfortable in them jaws? Hell no. They walking around that joint like it's their own personal fucking, I don't know, I don't even want to say zoo, but they walking around that joint like it's there for their own personal amusement in a way, because they're the person with the money and the power. And they look around that locker room, they look around the locker room and they just judging people in their mind. That's the only way that I can assume that how it's, that's how it goes, because I never see owners really be invisible. They don't have to, but it would be nice. You know, we see Jerry Jones out and about, so we know he's at least front facing. But these guys who work in, in lurk in the shadows and have bad management deals and bad head coaching, handling situations and shit like that, those need to be the rocks that get unturned first because it's a lot more Sarvers running around in the NBA and the NFL. Easily. Easily. And it's like if more people had job security in the way that they wanted, I feel like a lot more of that shit would be out way soon. Oh, for sure. I think it's just scary. I just I think it's crazy how like Bro, I think it's crazy how a green piece of paper with a slave master on the front of that shit can really make you believe like you're invincible, bro. Like really make you believe that you can do anything in this world. Like, and I feel like there's a there's a yin and a yang to that, right? There's a good side and there's a bad side. And we I think a lot of the times these owners they fall into the trap of it being on this bad side more often than the good side. And they start thinking they can say and do and treat people however they want to. And it's just sad. It's like, damn, you can't even have like just a simple respect for a person. Like just 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 the bare minimum, like just respect for the person and thinking you own somebody, man. You don't own nobody. You you we don't we're we're past that time of owning people that that's not a thing anymore. So like we got to get that ideology out of our culture. But that it's just it's just so crazy how money can really change somebody's perception of power of which they have over over others. It's really wild. And it's like the things that's coming out of these articles about these owners across the board is just like different levels of the same type of racism and sexism. And it's like you hate the people that are largely making you the money. And you hate women in the workplace enough to be disrespectful to them at all times so it's like why would you run an organization in which you hate the people there and then do you have enough respect to even care about your own mother or sister or daughter or aunt like do you not have women in your family literally like how can you be in these organizations doing 
both racist acts and sexist acts all the time and then go home to your wife about it. Like keyword that you said was like all the time. Like it's not no one-off like, <laughs> oh damn, I ain't even, my bad, I didn't even know that. All right, my fault. Like we talking about consecutive things, like a pattern, like every day, like, like these aren't one-off situations. It's just, I don't know, man, I don't know. Maybe we weird, I don't know. It might be weird, man. I mean, it's a lot of weird things that be going on though, like, like it be weird shit that go on all the time. Like whether it's the sports industry, music industry, entertainment industry, like like Travis shit, for example. That shit's a bad job, bro. It really took over last week, bro. Like that Travis shit was just bro, it's, it's just eight. It's, bro, each and every day, it's just more and more information coming out about it. First, you know, they was stabbing people with fentanyl, and now it was, no, they was just stabbing people with what, like, bro, it's like, it keep going back and forth. We don't really know what was happening. People were saying they was walking by dead bodies, like, we don't even know what, it was like Narnia, like, the people who was there saw it. And if you wasn't there, you don't know what really happened. Like, that shit is really crazy. Like, I ain't gonna hold you. I've been to three Travis concerts. Oh, you crazy. Okay. I've, I've only ever felt uncomfortable during one of them, John. <laughs> you was in the, the mosh pit? Listen, man, the first concert I ever went <laughs> to, Travis opening up for Kendrick, Bird's tour, damn John. So I'm like, yo, it's Joel crazy. This nigga come through with a bird and shit. Kaka, kaka. I'm like, oh, it might go up. It's crazy. Second joint up here in Connecticut. Shit got canceled. They talking about he couldn't fit the roller coaster in there. I'm like, what the fuck you mean roller coaster? Come to find out, he nigga got two stages in there. He riding a roller coaster from one stage to the other performing songs and shit. Shit's nuts. Got a floor underneath of just people with no chairs and shit, jumping around and shit. And everybody else is in chairs within, within the, the arena. Then I went to Rolling Loud. Outdoors, MetLife Stadium. We'll never do it again. Was in that joint fighting for my life, bro? Because, like, I'm about 6'4". You like 6'3". Stop. I'm about 6'4". You're 6'3 and three quarters. Let's just relax, okay? Quarters. You don't fucking Harry Potter, dog. Stop quartering anything on my nickels or dimes. Uh, out of here. When Regardless of Leviosa, boy. But nah, bro, like, I'm taller than most people. I'm in that joint gasping for air, bro, so I can only imagine how it was down there for people who ain't tall, one. Two, they say there's some people in there, you know, younger, 14, 10 years old, shit like that. And, like, I hate to be the person to be like, oh, you should have an age limit on shit like that because you shouldn't. But if you're going to allow younger people like that who really can't defend themselves... In an environment as rowdy as a Travis concert, you got to have way more dictation on where you're going to allow people to stand, not stand, how many people in certain areas. You might need to block it off. Precautions are going to get changed. The whole way festivals are going to happen. Yeah. Change. You might not see another festival for a while. I mean, I hope not. Yeah, I think the festivals are good for people to get outside and stuff like that, but like, 
on the other hand, it's like, damn, people really died from this shit. Yeah, like, bro. It's like the craziest part about the, his concerts is like the the people who pass out or like faint and shit, like that's a, a common thing that I saw at all three of them concerts. And at all three of them concerts, I saw him stop the concert to make sure that these people was cool before he continued. But then it's almost like, it gives me like heavy cry wolf vibes, right? Because you see it happen X amount of times throughout your shows. You probably see it more than anybody because you're doing multiple shows over the course of X amount of months. So you thinking you just helping them out for that small period of time and everything's good because you're thinking everything around you is being handled in the right way. But now I'm looking at the medical people and it's like, what are these people doing out there for real? Like I'm seeing ambulances in the stands, people is on top of the ambulances dancing while they trying to give CPR to people. They saying the medical people is asking people to help with CPR. All this he said, she said shit. All I know is people died in that joint and that's absolutely unacceptable. Cardiac arrest sounds unacceptable at a concert, especially when it's supposed to be medical tests around. Someone's not doing their job right. I mean, but and there's only a certain amount of health. Everybody, including Travis, though. Mm. He's obviously going to be re most responsible because in most people's eyes, they feel as though he's on the stage, he can see everything, which is very tough when there's 60, 70, probably 1,000 people in there, lights, cameras, all types of shit going on. But everybody's at fault to an extent. Because I would I would like to think that if the proper chain of command went when, oh, this happened, relay this to this person, they need to go and tell this guy, turn the stage off or something. Something like that is supposed to happen in that situation. I mean, I think that's fair. I feel like that's regular protocol for concerts of that magnitude if something were to go wrong. We got to stop don't... these people don't fucking die. I think that's what the real issue is. There was not enough communication. Like people weren't able to get certain information. I don't know if there was enough medical people there to really handle a situation like that. Um, you know, they only have a certain amount of people and they have the bare minimum, bare minimum qualifications too, like basic CPR training, most likely. It's not like you've got doctors out there really, you know, at these events. So it's a little different. I don't know, man. Like, yeah, I guess Travis, his event, so he's warranted some blame for sure. But I mean, I just think this is a case of whoever's like, because Travis doesn't control like the logistics of these events. He controls the artistic side and what he wants. And that's what he has control of. He doesn't have control of the logistics. Those are those venues. So the venue, I feel like, is more at fault because there was no clear sense of chain of command of what to do when this situation happens. Like there was none. Of, there clearly was none of that because of the way that it went down. So I put less blame on Trav and more blame on the venue. But, you know, devil's advocate people are going to be like, well, it's his event. He's an artist. He should know every detail of everything happening around him. Should he or should he be focused on his job? Isn't that how you isn't that like being a good boss or, or, or being a good leader is knowing how to delegate? Yeah. And trusting that the people that you're delegating these things are actually doing their job correctly and thoroughly. I don't know. 
am I, I don't, I don't know, am I speaking in not tongues? And, not at all. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just playing devil's advocate because I agree. I don't really want to say who has more blame or less blame because everyone has a certain value of blame attributed to their name. But my whole thing is like, oh, well, that's his influence. He does that, blah, 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 blah. He's inciting it. Like, I don't know when the whole mosh pit thing became a rap event, first of all. Yeah. Second of all, I mean, it's bad that people die for all types of different reasons, which just goes back to the accountability. Everyone involved needs to like own up to what they did or didn't do within that situation, man, because like that was an avoidable process. Thanks. I would like to believe regardless of artists, if something goes on in the stands and someone is potentially dying there's radios and stuff in place we have da, 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 da going on shut this shit down thanks at least until they can get the proper help in there to get the people out of there so you're trying to tell me there's people in there going into cardiac arrest and people was yelling to the cameraman to help stop the event and the cameraman is telling people no bro you're not doing what you're supposed to do i I would have rather you threw your cam on what was going on if you yeah. wasn't going to help. You could have shown that shit on the fucking big screen for real, for real. That would have made everybody stand the fuck still if they like, looked up the instead, of seeing, instead of look, looking up, instead of seeing Travis, they seeing someone literally in distress. I would like to think all them people fucked up on drugs would look and be like, oh shit, dude, you see that? And then look around and see if they can help somebody. I would like to think that type of shit would happen. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe I'm expecting too much of a bunch of people who <laughs> ran out of there and just broke down barricades to get to the front of an event that didn't happen for six more hours. I get it. I mean, I I didn't break anything down and get to the front, but I'm also not pressed to get there. You know what I mean? I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not pressed to do that. Not at all. Is that funny to you? Yeah, I mean, you the biggest trash fan I know, man. So it's like you talking yeah, about. I'm, like, I also I'm not. I'm not pressed, bro. I'm not pressed to go be up close with Travis, shake his hand, and feel the sweat drip off him, and like hit my arm and shit. I'll beat you the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, yeah, I'm not pressed because first of all, I understand the location and what's going on. I'm a smart individual. There's no need for me to go up to the front. I'm not about to get on the stage anyway. So I'm going to stay mid to back. So when shit is about to be over, I can bop my way out of there before shit get hectic. You're not trying to get kicked. You're not trying to get no. kicked off the stage like that boy and like the cameraman in New York that was trying to get on stage with him. No, absolutely not. Now I'm looking bad for all the bad chicks in the world. They're going to see me on national TV or, or national viral into, you know, Twitter shit. No. And I'm like, no, no I'm not here no. for that. Not even bad. Yo, shut up. Just saying, shut, up. shut up. Shut up. Yeah. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. I can't have the loves. 
of my youth happened to see me go viral off a Travis concert? Absolutely not. You really disgust me. Al Sway, you don't got 90s, 80s loves, sitcom shorties or nothing like that. I'm not hearing you. I mean, now that you mention it. Oh my God, it'd be throwing. I got a few. I got a few. You only got a list. I need three. I got a list. I got a list. I need I need three. I'm I'm judging. Top three? Top three? Just give me three. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. First joint ever. Wait, give me three. I'll give you my three. You gotta give me your problem with my three, and I'll give you my problem with yours. All right, bet. All right, so my three, first, first joint ever though, like. Like, as I was being like, this is, you know, I'm growing up trying to be a teenager and shit like that. So it's like, everybody, everybody love ATO. Everybody love Lauren London. Like that, she gotta be up there. Like, it's just like, she gotta be, she gotta be a one. She gotta be somebody. And okay. then obviously, you know, bring it on. Bad Boys 2, Gabrielle Union, yes. A thousand times, yes. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know about Gabrielle Union now, but Gabrielle Union back then, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Yeah, she kind of fell off. She kind look. She didn't age well. It's fine. Not everybody do. Stop, stop. yo. I'm keeping it a bean. I'm keeping it a bean. I'm I'm keeping it a bean. I'm taking notes. Last John, last John. Love a cute face, and I love toxicity. So Jada Pickett Smith, I'm here for it. Set it off. I'm here for that. Okay. Yeah, we can come back to you on this for sure. yeah, see, mine is real, like, kind of generational type of shit. Like, just some, 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 some folks in movies that I just remember, like, damn, like, wow. Like, Nia Long, for sure. That's an obvious drawing, yo. <sighs> you can't see me, but I'm running in slow motion right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm across the street, like, damn. That's me every time. She's fine. Yes. <laughs> Give me about 10, 15 minutes. See, we won't marry. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, that's okay. You know, the quite long, she love me in the morning. Yes. That, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get every joke in to find her. I'm going to probably play some Sade while I do it. Cause she number two on that list, boy. She, ooh, we, ooh, we. You really old as shit, yo. What the fuck? You don't, you see, you ain't never listened to the music. That's why I, I did. You shut up. Shut up. See, here you go. Here, it's the third time now. You always thinking you know something and know nothing. I just be knowing something that you don't know nothing about. And it's that. <laughs> Cat. <laughs> what the fuck do you want me to do? Like, I, what you want me to do? I'm, that's a fact, though. Like, you I know something. You don't know nothing about is it a crime? You don't know nothing about like that. Sweet. Oh my God. Yo, are you the only one that had black parents? Yo, like what the hell? I'm just saying, I don't know. I got a black mom, yo. I got a black mom, yo. I woke up to that. I woke up to that shit on the weekend. That's how I knew we was about to clean all day. Yeah. I know. I know that shit. Ma'am. Damn. God damn. Ma'am. Receipt, please. <laughs> you want to so, call her? At the, yes. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I would like to. 
And I also would like to tell her, your son put fucking Jada. She don't do that, yo. She was the baddest. What do you? Why you think Will was going at her, yo? She was top tier, bad John. It's like, it's like I understand. Not, like, come on, yo. She almost made my list, but it's like she toxic. Is, I get it. This is a safe place. Do you? You can wink once, wink twice. If if you're not safe right now, you feel me? Like I don't know if you saw. Well, I don't know if you saw Jay Prince and Kanye, and Kanye is reading off the phone talking about you want you know link up with Drake and shit. Gave me real hostage vibes, real blink twice if you cool and safe type shit. Like, this, <laughs> we can get it off. Like I don't know why you putting someone that's going to stress your mental out like that in there. But like, are you all right? You want to you want to say something? No, I'm good. I'm good. My I'm last good, one, baby. My last one is Pam Greer, and I know you don't even know who that is, so. I mean, <laughs> it's okay. What, yo? It's okay, yo. It's okay. Stop. Stop. You don't know what the fuck It's okay. It's okay. It's I don't know, Foxy everybody. Brown. It's not for everybody, sir. It's just not for everybody, all right? Some of that shit is really TBD. It's okay, bro. But you really old as shit. That's all. How am I old? My fault. No, it's cool. Like, bro, like it's not like it's like an age gap. You know what I mean? So like you like 35 and shit. So it's like that's that's not when you double back when you like so you like you like 35 and shit. So you like 35 you like 35 and shit. You like 35 and shit. And so like you go back when you was younger and shit, like see what's popping, you know, 80s shit like that. So it's like, all right, like. Then you go back when your parents and shit, they showed you certain movies and shit. So you seen them drums. It was you watching 70s movies. So then that's where the pain. All right, I get that. That all right, that makes sense and shit. All right. No, 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 no. That makes sense now. All right. I had to just like do the math and shit. Like I had to add it all up and carry it on one. When you start carrying it, carrying it and like subtracting the one and dividing the five and getting the bullshit (laughs) which you were just talking about, it's like you had Xfinity cable at one point in time, right? Yeah. <laughs> Comcast cable, yes or no? Yeah. Okay, so then you in turn had those channels around the 140, 142 was like MTV jams and shit. Right? 143. <laughs> R&B, 144 is like the alternative shit, clubhouse shit. And you got to the 148s and then to the 160s. And uh-huh. that's like the, en- the Encore channel and shit. Like, you had that, John. Yeah, you know what sure. I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Foxy Brown was on that channel all the time. Pam Greer. Black Women's Black History Month type shit. That's how I know you wasn't really outside. It's okay. I mean, not everybody can dipple and dabble. You should watch that, John, though. It's cool, bro. It's, it's okay to be older and seasoned. I, gray hairs, I see it. I mean, you trying to get this. You're working on this. You're you're literally transitioning into the salt. You're transitioning into the salt and pepper. Look, that's fine. It works. It's gonna work for you, bro. I never salt and pepper. I never pushed. I never shoved. I never did none of that. Stop. (laughs) Like sometimes, uh, what my my girl say? A watchman would say, "Still, I rise." Oh my God! All right, yo. Still, (laughs) I rise. Is what she told me. 
You disgust me. You really do. You really, really do. Oh, woo, 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 woo. Woo, woo, woo. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Fuck this. One more.